Party time, mom. Uh, Wednesday, tump day. Sarah's on the couch. Puppet master Mark. Let's love Brandon at the helm. Nether regions. That's where we're headed. All things right. insanity. Uh, Joe Biden's insane, first of all. Is he? Yeah. Or is he just... He's sick. Senile. Or is he just a pedophile? Well, what is insanity? Let me back up. Okay. I'm going to draw a conclusion here. I'm going to draw a connection. To what you just asked. Have you watched any of that Jeffrey Dahmer thing? No. The new series? No. About Jeffrey Dahmer? A lot of people are saying, don't watch it. Like, it's sick. Oh. Like, like you shouldn't watch it. Because it's like mentally disturbing. Right. It's so out there. Which is troublesome when you think about our society and the things that we pass off as entertainment. I mean, this is a guy who was gay... And they listed this show as um, horror suspense and LGBTQ interests. <laughs> <laughs> the LGB, <laughs> they did, Brandon, and they want the LGBT community made them take the label off. No. Because they were outraged saying that does not represent the quote community. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why are you kink shaming? Right. He yeah. got off on having sex with people and then murdering and eating them. That was his deal. God only knows what he did with the dead body. Is that not, can that not be another letter? Can you not add a C in there? LGBTQ plus A-A-S-C? C could be cannibal. Why not? We don't know. Why are you kink shaming? <laughs> it's part of the community, right? I mean, if you take, yeah, because if you take their excuse all the way out yeah. to its end, yeah. that, would, that would be the answer. And I hate that I have to say that obviously I'm being facetious, <laughs> but I still think it's funny that they demanded that the LGBTQ, because again... Again, the hypocrisy there is they're saying that's not normal behavior. Okay, what if that's his truth? <laughs> it, how is it not? It, maybe it was normal behavior for him because, again, we started off the show by talking about insanity, right? Mm -hmm. So that's insanity. But who's to say what's insane anymore? Mm -hmm. If there, I mean, there's no, it's all relative, right? Mm -hmm. There's no right from wrong. Why, why wasn't, how, how do we know that wasn't just his fetish? Why can't we just normalize that and launder it and, and put it out there to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. He likes liver with Chianti and fava beans. <laughs> anyway, the point being, if, if you're going to start saying, well, that class, oh, that harmed other people. Well, so does pedophilia. Mm -hmm. But you're trying to normalize that. You don't even want to call it pedophilia anymore. You want to call it minor attracted persons, right. which is insanity. So now let's bring it back to Joe Biden. <laughs> He's insane. He had the Atlanta Braves the other day come to the White House. They were the World Series champs from last year, which I figured they would have already done this thing. Yeah, it took a really long time. Yeah. Well, Joe's probably just catching up to last season. <laughs> but they brought the Atlanta Braves in, and there was a weird little exchange while the Braves were there up at the podium on the stage. And uh, Joe wanted every child in the room under the age of 15 to come up, I guess, for a picture of... I don't know. He's wandering around with a Braves jersey with his name on the back. Can you play the clip? Even kids know. Everybody under 15. Everybody under 15? Everybody under 15. Why? What? So he, he brings them up there. And if you watch that full clip, 
There's about half a dozen, seven, eight kids that come up there. And then there's one little kid, and he brings a kid up there. He kneels down by the kid. And you could tell the kid's really uncomfortable. Kids know. As many, as there are a lot of uh, videos of kids looking very uncomfortable next to Joe Biden. Very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the picture, I'm assuming, is taken, poof, he's gone. Well, you saw how slowly the those, gone. You saw how slowly those kids walked up. There. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, do I yeah. have to? <laughs> Please don't make me go. Please don't make the, yeah, there's the people weird from man the team waving them up there. Come on, come on, come on, let's do this. <laughs> I don't want to go up there and be my Joe. He's creepy. He's a weird. And then, uh, but let's keep on with this thing with the uh, with the Atlanta Braves for a second because there were some interesting gaffes, of course, mm-hmm. when he said that. But uh, play that next clip you got in the queue. Look at him. He's holding up his jersey, and he... He doesn't even know where he is. He doesn't, but he made a comment where he said, you guys, you went out there, you uh, you got them out, you grounded out, you beat the Braves. <laughs> <laughs> he told the Braves they beat themselves. That's like um, the same thing that John Fetterman did the other day with Philadelphia. Let's talk about John Fetterman as well, talking about insanity. Because at this stage in the game, they would have to dig up a corpse to get people more art, less articulate than Joe Biden, <laughs> Kamala Harris, and John, John Fetterman, Fetterman, who's running against Dr. Oz. Yeah. John Fetterman looks like Thanos to me. Oh, wow, he does. He looks just like Thanos. Like if you were to slap a weird glove on him and he snaps his fingers, all of Philadelphia may disappear. How does he put, how does he fit a shirt over his head and neck? The nutsack on the back of his neck. <laughs> yes. <that laughs> He's one. giving birth to a twin off the back of his neck. <laughs> There's an ingrown, unborn twin, Fetterman. <laughs> Joey, little Joey Fetterman's coming out of his neck. It's like a scene from Alien. It's so weird. Yeah. It's popping out. But you're right. This guy shows up, and Anthony Russo and I talked about it yesterday. The guy shows up in gym shorts and a sweatshirt. <laughs> now, look, why, was it, why would anybody take that seriously? He's running for Senate, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Senate or Congress? What are it's, they running for? It's Senate. It's Senate. Yeah. Why would anybody take that serious? He can't finish a sentence. He's failed to pay his taxes 67 different times. Well, he can't finish a sentence. How do you expect him to know how to pay his taxes? <laughs> well, his excuse was that they just slipped through the cracks. Oops. <laughs> 67 <laughs> times? Now, look, I understand. I delay paying the IRS as long as I can. He's, he's busy but, trying to formulate his next word. I'm astounded by this whole thing. All right. That's, uh, that's, I I don't, I don't know. Um, But speaking of insanity, I want to go a step further. Because Joe Biden had this to say about the current gas prices. Did you see this clip before I say it? Did you see this? Have you seen this clip? I don't think so. This is going to blow your mind, sir. Play the clip. And in 41 states, plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than two dollars and ninety nine cents. What? <laughs> That's not true. No, no, it's not, Jeff. It's under two dollars and ninety nine cents. The Seven Eleven across the street begs to differ. <laughs> across uh, the street from every 
everyone in the country, not just ours, by the way. 41 states, including the District of Columbia. The average gas price is under $2.99. Okay, so do you think that he... Is this an intentional lie? Of or, course. It, right, so that's telling not him insanity. What to say. He doesn't know what gas prices are. Yeah. See, that's the concerning thing. Joe doesn't know what the gas prices are. You just happen to be you, stupid idiot American who doesn't know anything. Yeah. You just happen to be in one of those states where it's it obviously costs more. But don't worry, because yeah. in 41 other states. Well, who's, because again, you can make that statement, say, well, in 41 states, well, it's not that way here. But I guess 41 other states have it good. I'm sure we'll catch up. <laughs> I, and that I right guess. there is how little Americans truly research what's being told to yeah. them. I mean, I, I hope that they don't. I hope that they realize that. Or maybe maybe they'll at least go, you know what? I don't really care about those 41 other states because we're hurting here in my state. What is it about, you know, I, I, I did a little experiment yesterday or Monday about a tweeted. I said, Nazis suck. Well, you know, the response is going to come back on Twitter. Why? Why are you? Why, one? Yeah, yeah. Why, why are, are you, you saying you suck? And it was amazing. There were a couple of trolls who put screenshots of old tweets out there that were supposed to be gotcha moments of me tweeting something fascist, oh, or or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't the owns that they thought they were. I still stand by every single tweet that put out there. You know. Mm -hmm. Like when I say you can't watch television anymore without seeing a, an interracial couple in every single commercial. Mm -hmm. It's weird to me. It's, is it? It's probably the same troll that always tries to own me by uh, showing me a screenshot of a tweet when I said black, su black supremacy is more of a threat to America than white supremacy. Yeah. And, they all, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not deleted. Well, every, I stand by it. And every now and then, you know, I do a lot with the stock market, but specifically with the OTC market, which tends to be the penny stocks, mm -hmm, you know, the very mm -hmm. things that aren't on the NASDAQ or whatever yet. So um, or on the Dow and I'll, I'll put it out there. I don't make stock tips because that's illegal. Yeah. And but I will say this, you know, I'm looking at this or this is fun to watch or something like that. And people are like, oh, that's you're you're a grifter, too. Yeah. Well, being on the stock market's not a grift. <laughs> Making investments is not a grift. It's also not a sign of fascism, since fascism doesn't allow people to own right, stocks. Right, right. You don't get to invest in the free market. Well, then they go one step further and say, well, um, you just think that when Trump gets back in power that your little secret companies are going to be okay and they're going to go higher, and therefore you're getting – the reach is unbelievable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the point I'm getting to is why, like Biden saying 41 states, why – why do people just simply believe what they're told? Because that's another thing that fascists do, fascist states, is they control the mainstream media. Yeah. Right? Conservatives do not control the media. Yeah. No. At all. What is it psychologically do you think it is that just makes people go, yeah, that's what, that's what they said. Got to be true. Is I mean, it just, is it just easy? Yes. I, I, I mean, Americans are, well, they're not being taught actual history right yeah. so they really don't have i think a frame of reference for what these words actually mean what fascism means what you know gas prices like they just don't they live in their bubble they live in their echo chamber and i don't think that they really care to research anything i i just don't yeah. i think they'd rather just waste their time rotting their brain which Guilty also, you know, on on Twitter or, uh, you know, watching trash TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they just don't want to do the work.
which is really sad because it's literally at your fingertips. It's very easy. Yeah. I have people that quite often will send me a question or they'll post it on a social media platform. And I'm like, you could have typed that same question <laughs> in a search engine yes. somewhere and gotten the answer quicker than I can get to your thing. Right. So I just don't respond. Um, but thinking is difficult. Thinking is hard. It's easier to just have somebody... You know, if I go on and I love Twitter because I just make a blanket statement and just watch the meltdowns mm -hmm. and they act like, oh, my God, you're the most ignorant person in the world. You know, well, if I say, well, electric vehicles are going to increase coal production. No, you don't have to research on it. We've talked about this. Yeah. My thing is, where does the electricity come from? Where is it going to come from? Wind and solar. See, that's what they think. Right. They've been told that wind and solar is going to supply all of the electricity they need to do all the shit they're wanting to do. Oh, that worked out really well for us here in Texas whenever yeah. we had that big ice storm and all the windmills froze and over. And see, they don't understand that when they say to me, oh, well, how's it going for you guys in Texas? No, uh, literally, I spent two years of my life crisscrossing Texas yeah. telling people that that was our problem. Right, right. Oh, I know. It's they not they, use, going, that, they use that as an own. It's like, right. So imagine investing more in that. Yeah. I, I went all over Texas talking about that very topic <laughs> right. because everything's not okay in Texas. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the magazines reached out to me this morning and said, we're doing a story about the, the election. We want to hear from, you know, the candidates that ran in the primary. Are you voting for Greg Abbott or are you voting for Beto O'Rourke? Oh, gosh. Why are you voting? And if you're voting for Abbott, is it just a vote against Beto or has he earned your vote? Now, how would you answer that? Um, I wouldn't say that it's a vote against Beto. I would say that it's a vote to make sure that our state doesn't descend even further yeah. into the, you know, the chaos that we already have at the border. Uh, as you mentioned, all of the the power problems. Um so I, I wouldn't say that it's a vote against the man. Yeah. But it's not like, I mean, his policies are like just off the rails radical. Chaos. Right. So More insanity. Yeah. So, I mean, of course you don't want us to slide even further. Yeah. No, if you elect Robert Francis O'Rourke, you've got Gavin Newsom, right? Who, right. You've got a California style problem with even bigger government, bigger bureaucracy, more taxes, more nonsense, and more reliance on green sustainable energy that's not sustainable with i mean think about the problems that <clears throat> texas is facing right obviously border is a huge issue illegal immigration is a huge issue which also transpires into crime in a lot of these border towns and you think to yourself what are the issues plaguing texas and would o'rourke make those better or worse obviously it's yeah. worse on all of them yeah we're gonna go to a break we're gonna come back i want to talk about sarah oh that's what we're gonna do we're gonna okay. talk about sarah and then you don't want to miss it too because we're gonna dig deep into Sarah. Are we? Yeah, we are, actually. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I know you don't feel confident about the future. I don't. And with everything going on around the world right now, it's the perfect time to stock up on your emergency food. And you're going to need it. One way or another, you're going to need it. Listen, emergency food is not because you're paranoid. It's because you're prepared. It's because you're prudent. My, and uh, oh, the folks over at My Patriot Supply, I mean, listen, everyone needs to reach out to them right now and get stocked up they are the nation's largest preparedness company so you can trust them and they're currently offering a 20 percent discount on their three-month emergency food kit you need one of those for every member of the family that's going to provide you with the breakfast lunch dinner drink snacks 2,000 calories a day it's going to feed you 
and it's going to feed every member of your family for three solid months. But the sale is going to end soon, so go to preparewithchad.com right now. Grab your 20% savings of each three-month kit you need for each member of your family. So it's an affordable way to build your emergency food stockpile while you still can. If the day ever comes when you need to fall back on this food, it will be worth much more than what you paid. I promise you. In fact, i got to go buy more myself. Preparewithchad.com. Go to preparewithchad.com. We'll be right back. Let me see, let me see, let me see if I can do this for you, Sarah Gonzalez. Okay. We got a new song coming out. And uh, people have heard me talk about it. We so went in good. The, We went in the studio the other day, and we recorded the very first harmony part. Listen to this right here. Now penicillin is killing what's left of our love. Let me give you a verse. So good. There you go. It's so good. I got over you when you got under him. It's a good song, Mark. <laughs> I good. like that you're telling someone else. It's good. good it's good breakup therapy. Not not that Mark needs it, but it's good breakup therapy right there. It's so good. So we'll do the They're video. They're all so freaking good. The song guys. will be coming out uh, next. I don't know, week or so, and then we'll. I have the music video for it, but we need everybody to go get it where uh, where songs are available. I'm playing that shit on repeat. Yeah, it's a, it's an earworm, mm-hmm. and I will say like that's one of those. It's bam. I mean, it's just to it mm-hmm. you catch yourself just singing it over and over again yeah well, regardless of the words right whether you find that crude or whatever right. it's funny right. that's what we do we do funny songs which actually will be great for all the haters because <laughs> they're gonna be so pissed when that song gets in their yeah. ear and they can't get it out but it's an earworm yeah. it, it'll, it'll i got over you when you got under him and um yeah it's, it's gonna be fun and i'm still coming up with i gotta figure out what i want to do for a video i have some ideas mm-hmm. So anyway, there may be some video makers out there that want to. Man, I wish animation was cheaper. Yeah. Right? Like, I wish we could do animation. So you've heard me say, I want to do the action. They heard me say it yesterday. I want to do the little action podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm putting the pressure on the executives around here. I sent it to Gaston. I said, this is what I want to do. This is the idea. Audio only. Let's just do this. We've got the voice actors here. Mm -hmm. We can get it done. And we can build the stories, and it'll be like radio cliffhangers every week. Yeah. Release one every week. And it'll be one you don't have to do all the time. Maybe do three episode set. Right. And then you, a few months later, Just you do wait. another one. Yeah. I think people would love it. I think so, too. I think we could have fun with it. Yeah. And it would give us a comedy outlet here on Blaze TV. Let's pour sponsor. a little tequila and talk about you, okay? Give me your cup. All give me your cup. Well, if we're this talking is, about uh, me, I need to Sarah Gonzalez is the host of the, uh, the News and Why It Matters. And so we're drinking out of News and Why It Matters cups right here. And I want to, I want to, oh my God, we're running low on this. We're going to have to open a new bottle. What the heck? Um, Where'd you come from? Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) Mexico. No. How did you get to doing what you're doing? Like you, you're a host at The Blaze. You've been here, what, five years now? Yeah, golly. I guess it's been since 2017. What you used to do? 
actually, I was um, I was an insurance. I, I had an insurance brokerage firm. Yeah. And I sold health insurance. Me too. It's a family business. Once upon a time, I did that. Really? I did it for a couple of years. I started in telecom sales. So I'll back up. I, uh, I graduated with a degree in um, criminal justice and a minor in forensic psychology. And immediately after I left school, used none of it. And got a job in telecom sales because that was where the money was. Yeah. And I thought to myself, do I, you know, I'm, I'm very interested and fascinated with uh, forensics and, and um, you know, investigations and stuff with law enforcement. I did a... a, a so you like splatter? A <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. Um, and I did a, uh, an, intern, an internship with Garland PD one summer where um, they taught me. I basically went through the training to become a forensic investigator. Um, but after I graduated, I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to have the 2 a.m. shift making dirt money, you know, um, just I, I don't know. I don't feel like that's for me. So I'll go into something that I can do, which is I knew a guy person to person sales, business in, to business sales. Uh, I knew a guy in Atlanta who was a forensic investigator. He wound up in therapy. He saw a lot of stuff. You know, it's funny because I. I never had anxiety about like someone breaking into my house while I was gone or anything like that. And then after I went through that, in- just the internship where, I mean, there were a couple, you know, dead bodies, one homicide throughout that summer and stuff. So there was some stuff that, you know, you don't yeah. want to see uh, a, a, a young child who was suffocated because he his grandma fell asleep next to him and suffocated him a baby. Yeah. Um, so some traumatic stuff. But. I never had high anxiety until I went through that. And then every time I left my house, I was like, someone's for sure going to come burglarize my house because yeah. it was it was the calls that we were going on every day. And it was what I was seeing. So I can't even imagine going through it and doing that a, for years. A friend of mine I went to high school with Brian Evans. He's a mortician oh, in Augusta, Georgia. It takes and a special person that, to do that, that schooling that you have to do for that. They I mean, like how to put a body back together that killed themselves with a hand grenade, oh, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes a very special person to do that. And I mean that with no disrespect, by the way. No, um, no, I, none take none there. I don't think yeah. it, I'm not implying any either. It, yeah. It's just wow. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really takes a lot. So he told me that you kind of have to start making. Uh, he said when you were in school to do that, you almost have to make jokes about right. you I'm find sure a you, place of humor. Like, oh, what are we going to find here? Right. Yeah. And, and he to. said it's morbid, but. In some it's how, ways. It's how you have to cope, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, started in telecom sales, got really, really awesome sales training at this particular telecom company uh, where we, I literally went, I had a territory and I went into people's businesses and tried to, to get past the gatekeeper to get to the executive to sell them on a T1. So, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So that's, nice. that's how I started. I don't care what, if you give me a job in sales, I'll survive. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it was I wouldn't say it was easy because it was a lot of work in Texas during the summer walking around, you know, Fort Worth downtown in heels. Um, But uh, but it was easy to converse with people, easy to befriend them. Um, I've always found that pretty easy. I'm a pretty friendly. So what was the transition for you as you kind of moved into? Well, running your mouth for a living. I I had always. Yeah, I, I well. I had always been very interested in politics, in law. Um, I remember my what my crime theory teacher called me to his office for office hours, and I was like, well, this is weird. Is it, though? <laughs> well, what does he want? Uh, he actually was brought me down there because he said that he really wanted to try to encourage me to think about going to law school. 
because I just really had a knack for. I could see uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I really had a knack for. You know, this this whole the whole class was just writing essays. And so he said, you know, you really have a knack for this. You really should consider it. And I'm over here trying to, you know, I graduated in three and a half years. I tried to hurry everything up and get out of there. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to school. I'm, I'm hurrying to finish. Yeah. And so I never did, but I always had that interest. Um, and so it was just kind of one of my hobbies. And I started blogging for Red State in, you know, 2015 mm. um, before they kind of went through their evolution and got, you know, promoted to front page editor because of the amount of clicks that I was getting. And then eventually I got to the place where I switched where I was I had first done that part time and done the insurance business full time. And then I kind of switched it and backed off on the insurance and started doing more of the reporting you know, moved over obviously to Blaze when a position became available to to write with them to be a reporter for them. So you just came over here as a writer. I did, and um, but I I told them the whole time when I made the transition, I said, I'm happy to write this for now, but what I really want to do, my ultimate career goal, is to just transition to TV because I'm fine with writing, but I'd prefer to get my point across verbally, and so. The position, you know, became available. I started doing a lot of stuff with Dana Lash when she was here, um, who's a, you know, a friend of, of both of ours. And I eventually the the show became available and with Glenn Beck. So little me, you know, on a show with Glenn Beck every day, I'm terrified. Um, and I remember when we were trying to to do some practice runs, I thought I was going to have a prompter. And the producers thought I was going to have a prompter. And we came up with a prompter and Glenn goes, no, no, you're not you're not going to have a prompter. And I was like, Glenn, you've been doing this for 40 years. I've been doing this zero days like I need a prompter. And he said, no, I don't want you to have a prompter. You can do it. Don't have a prompter. And it was the best thing that anyone's ever done for me because it, you think that was some of the best advice Glenn ever gave you? Absolutely. And because, and, you know, at, at the time, I'm like, you bastard you're trying to make me fail but in hindsight obviously he was setting me up for success because look at all these you know talking heads on cnn and msnbc do you think they know where to go if their prompter fails i think a lot of people over the years have thought glenn was trying to sidetrack them or derail them when Mm -hmm. he was honestly trying to help them yeah i I hear stories out there yeah and i'm like i don't i don't think glenn really has a malicious bone like that. no 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 no. If and he I, does, I haven't seen it in the years I've known him. Well, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't really think he was setting me, uh, he was trying to set me up for but failure. Yeah. I just thought, I didn't believe in myself as much as Glenn Beck believed in me. But you could have taken it that way. And right. I think some oh, have. Oh, of course, of course, of course. I think some have. I won't um, mention names. But. Yeah, yeah. This should be more fun if I'd mention names. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a sip of tequila yeah. now. You just never know what I'm <clears> going <throat> to say, do you? No, I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, anyway, I get in trouble. I just, they tell there me are I, a lot of people who take a lot of things. They tell me often. that I get in trouble, but I'm not paying attention to know. Yeah, I mean, who cares? <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to a break. Uh, the last <laughs> time we went through a recession, Sarah was selling insurance. Uh, but there True. were stocks that literally went to zero. There was Washington Mutual, Lehman Brothers, Chrysler. Uh, there were a lot of blue chip stocks that went to little or no value almost overnight. And guess what? It can happen again. If it did, are you are you protected with your savings? Uh, why not own something that has never been valued at zero, and that's gold? Historically, your best hedge against inflation, uh, which, again, we know it's rising right now as we speak. 
The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, from a failing dollar. Uh, do you? Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. In fact, if you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, text CHAD chad to nine eight nine eight nine eight you can convert that into an ira and precious metals right now text chad to nine eight nine eight nine eight there's no obligation you need to find out the information from birch gold they'll send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free hedge against inflation protect your hard-earned money get your free info kit text chad to nine eight nine eight nine eight do it today we'll be right back Welcome back to the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me talk to you for a minute. Uh, I kind of want to, speaking of forensics, I want to perform a post-mortem, an autopsy, if you will, upon the fully expired corpse of American unity, which lies before us in state. Uh, yeah, let, let's take it apart to find out what made it stop ticking, shall we? The other day, the Wall Street Journal, they released a poll of registered voters that reveals some pretty stark numbers. Did you know, for example, that only 61% of Democrats would say that the United States is the greatest nation on earth, contrasted against 91% of Republicans, by the way. 85% of Republicans think that hard workers will probably get ahead in the U.S. Only 53% of Democrats agree. 55% of Democrats believe that this generation will do better than the last one, whereas only 34% of Republicans buy that idea. Oh, and here's a good one. 61% of Republicans believe themselves to be the ones whom elites look down on. Only 40% of Democrats felt that way. Okay. It's a lot of math, a lot of statistics, a lot of numbers, so we'll leave the numbers out of the rest of this. Folks, none of the items in question, with the possible exception of the last one, ought to be controversial beliefs. In other words, the shifting balance of opinion over things that, as Americans, we really ought to all pretty well believe in is nothing short of alarming. So let me tell you why the United States is the greatest nation on Earth. And I'm serious when I say this. America is the greatest nation on Earth, less for what she has done and more for what she can do. We've created a space for liberty. And no, much, no matter how much whining and bitching the left does, we are free. And we have fought to preserve that freedom, both for ourselves and for others at home and abroad. And the deeply principled ideological foundation that allows for such liberty also allows the possibility that it can be strengthened maintained and even brought back from the dead the united states is the greatest because we like babe ruth can call our shot well in advance we can look towards some place we want to be in the future recognize the steps it will take to get there and then point our finger and say i'm gonna set this little bastard down right over there and yes occasionally we swing wild and break a window or two but for the most part we hit true the Americans on the Democratic side of things seem to be forgetting this, but I don't want to blame them, not at large at least. Ideas come from wellsprings, not from everywhere, and the fundamental lens through which the modern Democrat is practically forced to view at least part of the world is a hard thing to be happy about. We've now created a generation of people whose default setting is to go around apologizing to the world for not only what we've done, but for who we are. And if you don't think that can crawl under the surface of the collective American mindset and fester, you got another thing coming, folks. It's a cancer. Look, the upcoming midterm elections are as important to me as they are to anybody on either side of the political spectrum. And for sure, polls like this one perform a kind of reading of the tea leaves that can be useful for us in trying to get the right people in the office and even more importantly, the wrong ones out of office. 
But that's all surface stuff. Important, but surface stuff nonetheless. Below it lies the beating heart of the American people, or at least the heart that used to be beating. And I want us to see if we can revive it. And that, Sarah, is why I think the insanity is running amok. Yeah, you know, as I was listening to you um, say that, I was thinking to myself when you said, I I truly believe that America is the greatest country on earth. Um, I would agree with you, but I do find it sad that I have to now stop and try to think about like, well, are we still? Is there another country that's that's overpassed that that's passed us on that? And I, I don't think that there is, but that's only because everyone else is going a little crazier than we are. But I but at what point? Does that change? Yeah. Does it ever change for you? Because I, I do feel like there we could, con- if we continue in what we're doing now, we right. could slip enough that I'm not well, sure that I would consider us the greatest country on earth. We're now ranked seventh in terms of economic freedom. Yeah. Right. Globally. And it's a matter of what you want to use as a measuring rod. Yeah. You know, so um, look at Italy. You know, this election in Italy with... Uh, the new prime minister mm-hmm. who they're everybody in the media is comparing to Mussolini. Mussolini. We, they, we haven't had far a far right. No one far right since Mussolini. Well, Chad, she believes in God, country and family. Uh, well, she called it the fatherland. Yes. Yeah, the yes. fatherland. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that's what she said. Mm-hmm. And she talks about why is the government threatened by the family? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think she's the real deal. Absolutely. And the only place that did not go for her was like Florence, which I love Florence. And somebody I saw on social media said, what's wrong with Florence? Well, it's where all the artsy fartsies live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. You know, a place that was the heart of the Renaissance, yeah. Florence, is now a place that is has gone so far out into left field. It, would be, like our, it would be like our Austin yeah we were comparing basically so (laughs) this area um but you notice like even austin austin was the music capital of the world Mm -hmm. i mean everybody went Mm -hmm. there for the music it's not even any good anymore no and again that doesn't mean there's not good musicians in austin and stuff like that but but it's not known for that anymore no it's known for something else well they just had that texas tribune fest over there over the weekend where it was like what liz cheney showed up and gavin newsom and all of these lefties who Who's showing up for that? Yeah. Who's showing up so, for that event to listen to So the to thing these that people? identified them and made them great at one point in time, even, even, even your do. politics and your bureaucracy, bureaucracy is has screwed all that up too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what you see happening in Italy in a place like Florence. It, and it happens everywhere. Yeah. We talked about San Francisco. I mean, that's what a, one of the saddest things to me. It is. It really is because that was my that was my favorite place I had been to in the country back in 2008. Yeah, and just a couple years later, I was told by someone like, "Oh, no, you don't want to no. go there." San Francisco, I enjoyed visiting. Uh, Seattle, I enjoyed visiting, mm-hmm. which I will be back in Seattle. I'll be in Everett on October twenty eighth. Get your tickets. Watchchad.com. for it always the fun worries stuff me. Is. Uh, is what it is. I mean, I, I I always enjoy the people that come to that show. I, I think this will be the fifth time I've been there. Wow. So. Uh, birthplace of one Glenn Beck, mm. Everett, Washington. That's I said so that crazy. to him one time. He's like, how do you know this? <laughs> I stalked I'm a fan, guy. Glenn. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, you know, I used to love going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go. No. I don't even want to go to Atlanta. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know, I lived in Atlanta. I don't want to go back. It's not home anymore. 
Um, New York. I used to love going to New York. I don't want to go. All, can you think of one major inner city that you want to go to? No. <laughs> I mean, really I don't want to go to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's gotten overrun with Antifa thugs and mm-hmm. a lot of crap that's going on there. It's the same deal. No, I can't think of a single one. It's really sad. And I'm, I'm like, gr- having grown up in the country, I always like, as an extrovert, I like going to places where people are right yeah me too manhattan you know new york city i don't want to do it at all no our buddy clint emerson by the way has come out with a new book and uh, we got to get him on the show to talk about it and uh, it's this is one that everybody needs to read he texted me yesterday uh escape the wolf it's all about how to get off the x in other words don't be a target when you're out and about and situational Mm, awareness i like that and uh situational awareness threat identification getting off the x clint emerson escape the wolf um so when you go to a let's say a a restaurant or a mall or some some place do you are you scanning to make sure you know every single place i enter i'm i'm like all right Here's where I go if something goes down. Here's what I... And I mean, I'm always carrying, but... Well, me too. And we were at a homecoming parade thing the other day. Thousands of people were Mm -hmm. at this city Mm -hmm. center deal. And I said... uh, I was kind of running through the checklist with people that were with me as well as the kids. And they were like, don't scare the kids. (laughs) I was like, no, I want them to be aware. Right. I'm not trying to scare them. Right. But what we're walking into is a potential target. Mm -hmm. This is the thing they're looking for. Yeah. So just be aware. I'm always, I'm I, I'm not fun at parties in that regard, <laughs> you know? And, You're fun at parties in other regards, so it's yeah. fine. But I'm very, and it, for me, it's not about me as much as protecting the people around me yeah. and making sure, because I want you to be aware, right? I want the people around me to be aware. So yeah, that's what that, I am with my But kids. it's a shame that this is the world we live in. And, that, and so that's my point is how sad is it that, you, still, you would say like, yeah, America's probably still the greatest country ever, but we still have to, you know, check our, our have situational awareness to make yeah. sure there's no threat. But we still have to worry when we go to a homecoming parade that some asshole might drive their car through everyone. Exactly. I mean, it's, that's just that's exactly. It's, sorry, I don't mean but, to be depressing. But, but And the difference there is you and I, we go into a situation like that. We think of threat assessment. We think about where we may be. Never at any time do I think, man, we need to get rid of everybody's guns. Oh, no. no. You know, we need to take care That's of That's why I feel more comfortable going out and yeah. doing those things rather than staying home. Yeah, so with the that insanity that's out there, and now you and I are being labeled MAGA Republicans. Right. Somebody sent me a message just a little while ago that says, you're going to prison. For uh, what? Uh, they'll come up with something. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> At least I'll be safe. Thought crimes. <laughs> being there with my people. Yeah. Well, I just want to know. I really do want to know if they're going to let us pick our bunkmates because I think we could really we have an opportunity to have a really fun time before we get shipped over to, you know, to the gas chamber. Yeah, exactly. To the ovens. Uh, That's why I got my Patriot supply. I'll be I'll be (sighs) me too. I'll be sticking those breakfast, lunches and dinners right up my bum. (laughs) Smuggle them in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just listen, I have fit. Okay. I have those pails. Oh, I didn't know what I thought you were about to say something else. I'm concerned those if you could buckets. fit one of those buckets. One meal at a time, <laughs> sister. Hang tight, we'll be right back. <laughs> Have you seen the video that's going around now? It's a kind of a viral 
deal of the little old man on his walker walking in the park and the young man walks up to him and says hey i'm having a rough day i sorry to bother you but uh would you go to disneyland with me no. and the old man's like you'd really take me and he takes him and they just become best friends for the day oh no it's the best thing you've ever seen that's and it's real it's real that's so cute and he's pushing him in his wheelchair he puts him in the teacups he says he hadn't been on a ride in 50 years and he's crying at the end the old man i know it makes me cry too i'm not gonna do it right now i'm doing a little (laughs) bit just a little bit i don't want to mess up my makeup (laughs) me either i know but it's it's so sweet uh anthony russo shared it on his that's where i saw it but now i'm starting to see it in a lot of different places i'll have to go i'll send it to you i uh i sent it over to some other people i want to i want to ruin their day it (laughs) reminds yeah it reminds you there's still some sense of humanity left if we would just go back to that Mm -hmm. Of just finding some people to say hello to and visit with and have a cup of coffee with, have a beer with, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And look, I can get online and trigger people with the things I say. Like I just did the truck video talking about Marin Morris and the controversy with Brittany Aldean. A controversy I literally give zero shits about. But it's fun to make fun of, right? But people can't joke anymore. They can't just say, let's make fun of a situation. Right. Everything has to be so damn serious. Yeah. That is not how I live my life. It's not even just serious. It's just everything is viewed through a political lens. Yeah. Literally everything. Everything. And if people had any idea how much we do for people just to, as acts of kindness that are anyway. Yeah. But here's here's the reason I alluded to this and we didn't show this picture, but here's why these people who are so angry with life are just so pissed off. They're put, they got... Put a picture up there. They got butt babies. <laughs> <laughs> they got stuff shoved up their ass. Right there. That's the what? butt baby. This is to simulate for men at giving birth. No. Stop. Now, now you look at that. Stop. That's not a little butt plug. That weighs Stop. five pounds. Oh, my God. That's a five-pound baby. There's brown. There's black. There's pink. I don't know. Um, but they you shove it up your butt, and it's supposed to give you the pain of simulating childbirth. And uh, you could eat a block of cheese and get the same results. But no, (laughs) this, the difference between this and having, well, a lot of differences between this and having birth. Uh, One, it doesn't feel anything like giving birth, but that you got to put up there too. Like you didn't put a newborn up your. Sure didn't. (laughs) Sure didn't. Nope. It grew. It Let was me tell like you, the frog in the pot, you know, it gradually got bigger. Would not have gone well. No. Mm -mm. Uh uh. Body not designed for that. But if you read the fine print on that butt baby, the uh, there, there's a lot that's going on there of what they want you to be able to do with this. Yes, that's real. This is, Stop. again, let me go back to insanity. You guys want a title. It's got to be about something about insanity today. because uh, And it's become my favorite word in the last four years because we're, we're, we're making insanity normal. Now, I'm not signing up for that therapy. Oh, you're not. You don't want to. You don't want to stick a five pound prosthetic people, baby you in your want anus. Pain? Like I look at you women that get pregnant, and I'm like, oh god. I look. I I share your sentiment. Why did y'all want to do this? <laughs> I share your sentiment. Your yeah. your your baby just turned two. He did, and uh, just the other day, and you you know you guys got to the birthing center. You jumped in the tub and four minutes later, bam, oh, yeah. oh, he was yeah. here. He almost came in the car. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you go through it. This is way TMI, but whatever. What are we on national television? Uh, <laughs> I go through, you know, like the you you have to push when you're having contractions. Like you can't not push. 
And I was like, I am not having this baby in my husband's car. And so you got to push. But then I would like push and then try to like suck him back in. Yeah. Because I was just like. You're trying to do your kegels? Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I can relate to that 100% because I'm on a medication that Mm -hmm. that makes me poop. And so uh, it softens me right up. And every now and then I have to take another medication, rarely but occasionally, Uh that also does that. So when you take them together, you can't hold that in. So I was somewhere the other day and I was like, you can feel your pulse in your butthole. That's one of those deals where it's like, I got to get there. I got to go. And your body starts sensing, right? Whenever you you're close to your home toilet, like you're driving down the street, you pull into your cul-de-sac and you're like, your body just knows what's you feel up. It. It's like mentally, your body's like, I'm a I'm hundred yards from the destination. I'm going to make it to the bowl. And you. by the time you get in the house, you're dragging one leg behind you like it's numb. And and like you can feel it like all the way up your spine. <laughs> and and you're like, dear God, please let me make it. Because I don't wear underwear. So there's no barrier. There's no thin sheet of nothing right there. So I'm like, this is good. I, like, I don't want to have to do laundry. Or take a shower. And so the other day, I basically gave birth to my own little butt baby, and I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it right there. And I'm not going to tell you what color it was, but it wasn't that little pink Caucasian one in the middle. It wasn't that at all. No, it was a, I had a chocolate butt baby. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pizza from the day before at Crust. And uh, the deep dish. Yeah. Yeah, it was the cauliflower crust. But anyway, you there it is. didn't want to ruin your makeup, there and now you've ruined mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you you too can know yeah. uh, what it's like hey, to dude, experience I, childbirth. I know exactly child. what it's like. Mm-hmm. It hurts. <laughs> it was painful, man. But man, I was so happy when it was over. <laughs> And I was like, I just looked in the toilet and admired it. You know, kind of, kind of like when you... When you have a baby? Like, I don't want to flush this. This could be a pending world record right here. And it's like, yeah, this is mine. I made this. Me and someone else made this. Whoever cooked the food, I ate it. And we made this. This was ours. You know? Why but but like everything, this? you just have to let it go. You know, eventually you get it to a point where it's like, I've held you long enough. And I'm going to turn you loose into the world. And this is yours now. I hope I hope you're going to be, you know, I hope you're going to be everything I made you to be. <laughs> it's it's a butt baby. Why do we get paid to do this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I'll tell you, man. I I look at them and proud of them. I really am. I really am. You, <laughs> so, wow, Sarah. Oh. We're parents. Yeah. We are parents. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is i'll never have to put mine through college yeah or teach yeah. it how to drive well not that one not that one <laughs> not that one all right hang tight we'll be right back All right, uh, watchchad.com is where the fun stuff is. I'm going to be in Godly, Texas with the Ragamuffins on Saturday night. And then on then I'm taking a little break, but on the 25th of October, we'll be back in Lindale, Texas, uh, over there in East Texas. And then going to be, I'm going to be, 
do another comedy show, as I mentioned. Everett, Washington, going to be fun. Then uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, on the 4th and 5th of November. Quincy, Illinois, Port Charlotte, Florida, Atoma, Iowa, all wow. kinds of stuff. So we'll finish out the Busy. year strong. It'll be good. Such a nomad. Woohoo! All over the place. Yeah. ShopSarahG.com, as well as the big thing is subscribe to both my and her YouTube. You, mm-hmm. If you're watching on YouTube, then you're right here. So go ahead and subscribe. Uh, Chad Prather. But then Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered is the YouTube that you need to be subscribed to to Thank catch you. all things Sarah. Thank you all. I really want to do... Uh, Pelosi's plastic surgeon speaks out. And that, let's do that as a podcast drama. You be Yankee Pierce. Okay. All right, hang tight. We're going to keep talking. We're going to go into Thursday night. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Bye.